I do documentary videos, so I kind of document what I'm doing in that moment, and I think that's what resonates with people, because I don't put a lot of thought behind it. It's not contrived. I don't try and set it up. I don't... I mean, and sometimes as as it's kind of going, you know, we naturally just, will, you know, we'll tweak something and it, it'll give value, but I don't usually think about my posts. And I used to when we were doing, um, you know, snap photos and print and a lot of text stuff. I was like, what do I say? Who's this going to appeal to? But now I'm just like, no, I'm not thinking. This is what I'm doing today. I'm going to document it. And once I actually watch the video, I go, you know what? I think people actually like that. And then I'll post it. Welcome to Marketing Builder, the show where you'll get lots of little bricks of marketing advice to help you build up your marketing and your business. Drawing on over 20 years of marketing experience, your host, Daniel Oyston, will dive into a topic and provide you with short, sharp and to-the-point marketing advice that you can apply to your marketing straight away. Welcome to Marketing Builder. Let's get on with the show. Yo, legend, super cool to have you joining me for this episode and also Anthony Ferraro. That's a voice you heard right at the start of the show. When I sat down and had a chat to Anthony, I mentioned that I had a few interviews in the can already and while I was keen to get his show up as quickly as possible, it felt kind of weird that the, the last interview I did with the business was with a nutritionist, Kate Freeman from the Healthy Eating Hub, and that maybe an interview with a takeaway shop wasn't the best next interview subject. But Anthony looked at me dead in the eye and he said, just do whatever feels right. What needs to happen will happen. So the juxtaposition isn't lost on me. And for some reason that I can't explain, it just feels right to have Anthony next on the show. Anthony, he's a local legend in my area. He moved to Canberra in 2009. But as a local passionate business owner, it feels like he just grew up here. He has a long history of successful roles in hospitality but found himself working in retail for a period. But the hospitality itch never left him. So when he discussed moving back into hospitality with his wife, she told him, go for it. Go and find the joy in your work. And he always knew deep down that that joy was in hospitality. It was a big decision, however, because he had a young family and we all know how hard hospitality businesses can be. So Anthony revived a legendary takeaway shop. I won't steal Anthony's thunder and I'll let him give the background to the shop in a minute. But for listeners around the world who might not know what a takeaway shop is, a takeaway shop generally sells fish and chips, hamburgers, pizzas, and other side dishes usually involving batter. Anthony's takeaway is called Little Theo's, and to give you some perspective, it is a local small takeaway shop. I guess the store is probably about 25 square metres, has a few tables and chairs, and some video games. Now, the food is prepared and cooked right in front of the customers, with Friday dinner being the busiest time each week where they need 13 staff just to manage it all. Now, Anthony reckons there's one thing that people enjoy, maybe as much as the food, and that is the welcome and the theatre of the service and the atmosphere and the chat over the counter that makes Little Theo so special. When you listen to Anthony speak, it will become very clear very quickly as to why he has been so successful and the reasons I wanted to get him on the show. In fact, he's done such a good job that Little Theo's is the only takeaway in Australia to be listed in the Good Food Guide, the number one destination for credible independent restaurant, bar and cafe reviews. Now, I spend a lot of time trying to get people to take their business hat off and put their customer hat on and look at things from their customer's perspective. For those playing marketing bingo, you'll remember the marketing mix from previous episodes where the customer sits in the middle and we develop responses to their needs, wants, or problems. So when I started off by asking Anthony what unique elements of Little Theo's or the takeaway industry as a whole really need to be taken into account when executing your marketing, 
I felt like I had a new best friend. It's what the punter actually wants. It's not about what I want to give them. It's not about what I think that they want to hear or what they want to see. It's about trying to understand and perceive what their needs actually are and what is current and relevant to them at that moment when I'm doing my marketing. In the 80s and 90s, Theo's had a reputation for being the best takeaway in the local area, if not the city of Canberra. There've been some takeaway shops come and go in that exact space since the original Theo's closed, but none have lasted, none have done well and been successful. What was your thinking behind resurrecting the Theo's brand instead of just purely running with one that is your own? Uh, anxiety and stress. No. I think it's it's exactly what you just said. It's resurrecting an institution. So I knew going into this business, basically because my wife had drummed it into me and her brother as well, you're not buying a business here. You're buying a legacy. You're buying a piece of Canberra history. You need to treat it carefully. You know, this is going to become something amazing again. So that was how we approached the whole situation. And that's that's really been the, the, the key driving factor. It's don't become the guy who kills Theo's. <laughs> that's a lot of pressure. What did you know about the Theo's brand before taking it on? I knew that it was family owned. I knew that it was community based. And I knew that it was really busy and the people were lovely. And then I knew of my wife's experiences and good close friends in Canberra that lived in Canberra that had those experiences as well. So that's that was my main driving going into it. It's how do we resurrect it and do it justice? You go back to its to its roots, you go back to the origin and you try and, and, and do it justice from there. So there's equity in the name Theo's, especially with the locals. So how do you pay respect to a local legend, a true local legend, yet carve your own path and offerings? And what do you have to keep in mind by naming your business Little Theo's after the original Theo's? I think the first thing you have to do is understand where it comes from. So I went and I met with Jono, who was probably one of the most successful owners of that business. And I kind of understood his story and where he came from. And it resonated with me being Italian and he's Greek. It's that whole family orientation, that family lifestyle. So that was the, the big key driver is understand where it's come from and understand where you want to take it. But at the same time, you can make slight changes to make it your own, as long as it still falls within that line of where it originally started. And how supportive was he of you owning the Theo's name, so to speak, and pushing forward with it? He loved it. He loved it. See, the whole thing is the reason why I wanted to keep Theo's to a certain degree is because of the equity. Now, whether it's good or bad in marketing, you can appreciate that as long as people are talking about you, it doesn't really matter how bad it is unless you've done something catastrophic. So having that equity was great to get us kick-started. But then the story behind it was I am the youngest and the skinniest owner of that shop. <laughs> and at, at the same time that we settled on the business, my, my sister had a child. And of her uncles, I'm the youngest. So Theo in Greek means uncle. Her husband's half Greek. Ah. Little Theo was just born. Wow. It's like it was meant to be. It was meant to be. It really was. I know your business is all about local ownership and employing local people. So you're very much about the community. It's come up in your answers a couple of times already. Small business owners, 
they often blur the lines between their personal lives and their business lives, and you're no exception. It might range from a simple Father's Day shout-out with your kids in bed with you or a post about the local football team, the Raiders, or even an important message like it isn't weak to speak that is all about men speaking up if they're struggling with life. And you yourself say in a Facebook video on your page that you suffer from anxiety. Do you think it's important for businesses like yours, small businesses, to not just post business-related social media posts? Yes. I think if if that's going to be the core of your business and you are trying to reach out and be a pillar of the community, I think, yes, you have to to a certain degree. And you're right, it is difficult to, to keep that line not blurred. But the good thing is I've got an amazing partner and my wife, she helps me not blur that line. I mean, there are some things that I want to do and she's like, no, let's not put the kids through that. But I think it is important. So if we were trying to be more corporate or trying to be more, I guess, professional, but a different style of business, I don't think this style of marketing and approach would have appealed. But I think because we are all about the community and showing them a little bit of vulnerability within ourselves, and we do run an open kitchen, I think it's important. That's been part of the key to our success. And when you share some of those posts, do people come in and talk to you about them face-to-face? Like, obviously, social media isn't online. It's a digital platform. But it is social. It is ultimately trying to connect people and share experiences. Do people come in and talk about some of those posts offline with you? Yeah, they do. They do. Um, and it's quite it's quite funny because I get stopped in the street sometimes and they'll, you know, they'll sing out. They go, hey, Theo. And I'm like, oh, hello. How are you? Oh, I was watching your post the other night. Oh, my God. It was so good. Like, I, I had to come in. You know, my I sent my daughter in and she got some scallops for us or i've been stopped before and people saying oh mate thank you for sharing that post on anxiety and it's not weak to speak or um that father's day message was so cute your kids are lovely bloody blah so it 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 does happen and that must make you feel really connected to the community it does it's it's a it's it feels strange because i'm still not really used to it um but yeah it does it really does it's almost as if they've embraced me and i've become part of their family so it's wonderful While Marketing Builder is the name of this podcast, it's also the name of an awesome product that can help you sort through all the fluff of marketing advice out there and focus on the important stuff. Marketing Builder is a card-based system supplemented by online video lessons that walks you through, step-by-step, the most important things in a marketing plan, such as buyer personas, pipeline analysis, objectives, strategy, goals, budgets, and the fun and sexy stuff, the marketing tactics. And there's over a hundred of them for you to consider using. The card sorting process results in a visual representation of your marketing, where you can easily see how people will engage with your marketing as they move from awareness through to a customer or client. Whether you're a small business owner trying to develop a marketing plan that you can actually use and are confident in on that very limited budget, or a seasoned marketer wanting others in your organization to have real buy-in and engagement with your marketing, then Marketing Builder is perfect for you. Visit marketingbuilder.net for more information. Now, the reason you're listening. Let's head back to the show. I looked at your last 20 videos posted and you average 1,230 views per video. I know a lot of businesses would be very jealous of those numbers because I see a lot of videos or, or social media posts in general get posted by businesses and it's like crickets, right? So you don't post many text or text and image posts. So clearly video is the strategy. Why do you focus on video and what is your thought process when you're thinking about starting a video? Okay, I want to put a video up. Where's your head? 
I don't actually think about it. So I, I, I do documentary videos. So I kind of document what I'm doing in that moment. And I think that's what resonates with people because I don't put a lot of thought behind it. It's not contrived. I don't try and set it up. I don't, I mean, and sometimes as, as it's kind of going, you know, we naturally just will, you know, we'll tweak something and it, it'll give value, but I don't usually think about my posts. And I used to, when we were doing, um, you know, snap photos and print and a lot of tech stuff, I was like, what do I say? Um, who's this going to appeal to? But now I'm just like, no, I'm not thinking this is what I'm doing today. I'm going to document it. And once I actually watch the video and I go, you know what, I think people actually like that and then I'll post it. And do you aim for, say, a certain number of videos a, a week or did you just get the phone and the camera and just roll it when the urge comes? Look, I just roll it when the urge comes. And while that's happening, I've noticed that it, the only way to sustain that kind of level, you've got to be consistent with your message because at first I thought I was annoying people. But when you're getting a thousand views, you're not annoying people. People are actually finding it interesting. So it's about delivering on the promise. And my commitment to myself and to my business is that I will allow the, my my customers to come in on the journey with me for short periods of digestible content that they can kind of snack through on the day. Attention, attention, marketing target. Look, I get it. For some of you, this social media stuff is hard. Don't feel bad. Some people are great at writing, some at speaking, some at design, and some are great at social media. However, it is, for most businesses, too big and too important to just ignore. So you do need to engage with it and not just dismiss the huge opportunities that it can provide you. Some people's approach is to just run ads or push out overly sales-orientated posts. That is not what social media is about. Yes, it's a part of it, but it has social in the title for a reason. Now, You've probably Googled social media looking for some magic plan or calendar or list of advice and post suggestions that will make it all work for you. Sorry, it doesn't exist. Social media is about you and your business and engaging with your target audience. Some of the resources you can find can be very, very helpful. But social media isn't a one-size-fits-all. Instead, you have to consider those tools and advice in the context of your business your audience and your own use of social media because you certainly don't want it to come across as being forced because that'll do your brand more harm than good. Now, Anthony is super comfortable with taking us behind the scenes with video, yet he doesn't stick to a schedule of X posts at Y times throughout the week. Instead, he has his mind switched on for those little opportunities as he goes around his work to take us inside and share with us. So he just grabs his camera and just goes for it. Now, that works for him. Maybe or maybe it won't work for you. You need to find your own groove and sustainable sources of content. And it doesn't have to be super complicated or high-end production. Anthony just grabs his phone and turns a camera on and goes for it. It is that authenticity that people like. However, the most important thing about social media is being consistent. That doesn't mean a number of posts at the same time each week, but more about there being a constant flow, so not on-off. You don't want to be putting up a post one week and then waiting six weeks until your next post because if you don't care enough about engaging with your audience on social media to commit to creating regular and valuable content, then why should they suddenly pay attention to you just because you decide it's time and you have something to say? 
You are a severely passionate business owner. I was going to ask you how important that is to creating a successful business, but I get the feeling it just permeates everything you do at Little Theo's. But I read an article where you said, quote, when you bring a love of cooking into a takeaway, you can really turn that takeaway into something special. When you ask me, isn't a takeaway the lowest common denominator for a chef? I say, no, it's what you make it. You have to love what you do. And I love this, end quote. However, passion isn't a guarantee and a business can be successful without it. So my question is to highlight how really living your passion and taking pride in your work can impact a business. I want you to paint a picture of what little Theo's would look and feel like if selling takeaway food was just a job and a transactional interaction for you with the customers. Wow. I don't know if I can. It's it's really hard because I do what makes me happy. I mean, I've I've worked in a lot of places. I've worked at a lot of kitchens and even other industries where I haven't been happy and it's it's just not worked. It's it's almost felt like a sickly feeling. It felt like a disease. I don't feel that when I do things that I love. So I don't know if I can honestly answer that question, to be honest. No, that's cool. Has there been a piece of marketing, digital or offline, that you've tried that just doesn't work for your business? I think at this point, and I I don't want this to sound as a negative, I just don't think it's worked for our business, radio hasn't worked. And I don't know if it's we got in at the wrong time or whatever. We got a fair bit of traffic, but to the radio ads there wasn't really a call to action. So I think it could have been the wrong type of media that we tried through radio and probably at the wrong times. But at this stage, I'd have to say radio. You're a chef by trade, so not massively experienced in marketing or trained in its dark arts. So what is something about marketing that you've learned along the way since owning Little Theo's that you think others should know or keep top of mind? Honesty and integrity. So if you can kind of keep that at the forefront of your marketing, I think you'll be successful. Try to remove your emotion out of it because at the end of the day, it's like you said, I am passionate about my business and my stuff, but it's about what other people are passionate about. It's about trying to connect with the masses. I'm I'm not trying to appeal to five or six people. I'm trying to appeal to you know 55,000 people. So that's what I want to do. I want to kind of understand my market. I want to remove any emotion out of it and I want to be as neutral as possible and deliver a message that is honest and uh, I guess integral to my core beliefs and what my business is. Personal question, you're open about suffering from anxiety and you share that on social media posts. Is it hard to show honesty and integrity and put yourself out there on social media and in a business when you've got to manage that anxiety? Yes. How do you get through it? At the moment, I breathe and I've got, I've got a thing that I say to myself. I literally say it to myself out loud. I say, I can hear you. I know what you're trying to do. You are not me. I'm not playing this game anymore. And then I say, thank you. And it's really important because as debilitating and as life-changing anxiety, depression, mental health is, at least for me, I've started to realize that until we become conscious of it, helps us to get to where we are and for me anxiety has been the thing that has been my protector it kind of helps me with fight or flight it helps me to get certain feelings and back away so i thank it and i say i don't need you anymore i'm now conscious of what i need to do you are no longer a part of my life and i'm going to keep moving on 
That's amazing. Anthony Ferraro, owner of Little Theo's, the best takeaway in Canberra, maybe even the world. Thanks for coming on the show and sharing your business's marketing experiences. Thank you so much. It's been a real pleasure. That's a wrap for episode four. I've been your host, Daniel Oyston, and it has been amazing having you listening to the show. And I trust you got lots of value out of hearing from Anthony and all about the amazing Little Theos. If you live in Canberra and haven't been to Little Theos, then do yourself a massive favor and get along. On the menu, you'll find lots of your favorites and you'll love all the cheeky menu item names that they've given that are cool nods to the Canberra region. Names like the Telstra Tower Burger, a 15-centimeter tall burger, double beef patties, double egg, double bacon, quadruple cheese, double house-made potato scallops, lettuce, beetroot, and tomato. I feel full just saying that. The burger even has the famous pole sticking out of the top of the bum, or the Mooseheads hangover burger, or the Floriard pizza. You might think that there isn't much room for innovation in a takeaway shop, but Anthony proves that there definitely is. So maybe you'll just visit for the awesome potato scallops, where Anthony says he is eternally chasing the scallop from his childhood in Sydney, where he'd steal money from his dad's coin jar and head to the local takeaway for the most incredible scallops ever. To set the scene, Anthony leaves the skin on the potato because he believes it adds texture, it adds feel, and it gives it soul. To underline his passion for his business, Anthony took 18 months just to perfect the batter, and now the scallops are often three times cooked to get the right coloring and the right thickness. He and his staff clean the oil vats every single night so the potato scallops will never ever taste fishy. They are so popular, more than 80 kilograms of potato scallops are handmade at Little Theo's every week. Or maybe you'll just visit and you'll just drop in just to have a chat with the amazing Anthony. Visit littletheos.com.au for more information. That's a long outro, but I kind of felt like I wanted to jam a bit more of Anthony and Little Theo's awesomeness into the show, so please forgive me. But if you want more, head to the show notes at marketingbuilder.net where I'll put some links to some of the great Facebook videos Anthony spoke about. Love this episode. Good. Make sure you don't miss the next one and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever it is you listen to your podcasts. I'd also love to hear from you and what marketing you are crushing. Or maybe you're finding it a bit tough at the moment. Maybe you've just got a question, big or small, please. Connect with me on LinkedIn. Just search for Daniel Oyston or follow Marketing Builder on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just search for Marketing Builder or the handle MKTBLD. Until next time, may your marketing be awesome. And I look forward to you joining me on the next episode of Marketing Builder. Developed, hosted, and produced by Daniel Oyston from Content Grasshopper, the creator of Marketing Builder. Marketing Builder is the easy-to-use, step-by-step card-sorting system for cutting through all the marketing fluff out there and to help you build a marketing plan you are actually on board with. For more information, visit marketingbuilder.net or contentgrasshopper.com.au. Thanks for listening.